Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Serialites. How you doing? It's your old pal Grim Shea here. Thanks for joining us. This week we are doing an encore presentation of one of my favorite little gems. It's our Robot Chicken Show, where we talk all about Adult Swim's iconic pop culture-centric series, Robot Chicken, with one of the co-creators, Matthew Senreich, and Emmy Award-winning director and writer Zeb Wells. And... If you listen to the interview, you will hear yours truly get a little personal vindication, and it feels so sweet. And we hope this gets you all geared up for the new season, season eight, coming out this fall on Adult Swim, which will include the special superheroes and supervillains reunite DC Comics special mashup Adult Swim whatever. If you want to know more details, you can check you can check it all out. That plus so much more down at MattyPRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter. At Stay Classy SDCC and uh, what else? What else? What else? All right, all right, yeah. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Matty P Presents Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Grim Shea. Joining me as always is Marky. Say hi to the people, Marky. Hello and happy to be here. Good, good. We're glad to have yeah. you. We're always glad to have you, Marky. It's December. It is December. It is December. The holiday season is uh, fast approaching. It's full of holiday specials. It is. It is. One of which, one of which would be, uh, what? what is it? Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken. What network's that on? Cartoon Network. That's uh, true. I was I actually I would have accepted Adult Swim as well because if, if, if you're a, if you're a regular listener, you probably know we love to talk about Adult Swim. We do it all. We do it all the time. We do it yeah. all the time. Yeah, and I, you know, but what's a funny little secret here is that Adult Swim is Cartoon Network, but it's true. after the kids are kicked out of the pool. That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. It gets dark. And they still get some airtime to swim in, and that's when Adult Swim comes out. Uh, I assume most of our listeners would be familiar with it. Uh, they better. If, if they're not, however. <laughs> we have beat it uh, into them. Yeah. <laughs> they better know. If they're not, swim. yes. Adult Swim really, really measures up with uh, with, with our message here on Saturday Morning Serial. Absolutely. Which is that it's okay to play with toys still. Yeah. It's okay to like them. Absolutely. It's okay to remember that and still celebrate the ideas of, you know, it being a little bit childish. It's the one thing that really kind of brings our generation together. And it also celebrates the fact that our generation, we're kind of in charge of shit now. Yeah. We have the television studios. And the movie studio. We own the demographic ear now. Yes. It's it's this is our time, our place. Yep. So I'm taking it back. <laughs> I'm taking it all back. There you go. That's the Goonies. That's the Goonies, Those another who who, who, who who probably shouldn't be listening to this if you didn't know it already. That's that's, that's great that's a great reference. Something which uh Robot Chicken is so good at. Yeah. They, Robot Chicken basically a new way. To, to play with toys. Right. It's the way, you know, like when you were a kid and right. you and you and your friends would grab your G.I. Joes and you go out in the backyard and, and you dig a couple little trenches, and, yeah. put some toothpicks up. It's like a tank barricade. Yeah. And then yep. you'd set up this big scene yep. and just exactly. have a battle until someone broke their uh, their their hawk figure or <laughs> Nobody would break figures, in but... the eye or something like that. But 
<laughs> that was a piece of our childhood, which which we are still clinging to, which is why when they make another crappy G.I. Joe movie, we're going to be going out in droves to watch it and sit I, through I'm it. Because maybe it it's going to be like it was when we were kids. Well, you and I uh, famously attended uh, – it was a – it was a it was a drive-in double feature. Yes, right. Remember, I don't yes. remember that. It was, it was uh, Transformers and GI Joe. Transformers, GI Joe, double feature, back to back, back to back. And this was not 1986. No, it this was, was two not, years well, ago, maybe 2010 or whatever. <laughs> it was like three years ago. And oh my God, it was um, talk about just being able to transport yourself back into that time. Um, and incredibly validating, right? You know, studios spent hundreds of millions of dollars between the two of these movies so that we could go and do this because they said they're going to remember this. They're going to like this just like we did. And they're going to bring Even though kids. the movies were kind of crappy, but I still loved it as an experience. Uh, Robot Chicken does the exact same thing. They take those old toys, those old action figures. They do a lot of stop motion uh, skits, which are uh, adult in nature quite often. They've, mm-hmm. they've they've got some thought. They've got some commentary, some parody. Uh, it's it's like we're able to play with those toys again, and it's okay. They found the loophole they where if did. we make grown up jokes they about did. it using these toys, it's cool again. Yep, exactly. So we we owe we they, owe Robot Chicken, uh, its creators Seth Green and Matthew uh, Senreich, we owe them a lot for that. We owe it a lot to Adult Swim in general, which is why we keep going back to this mm-hmm. network. It's really, it's just you know, uh, in in lockstep with uh, with our own ideals. Yeah, and, and it, it's the basic premise is that you know we are here right now. This this whole show is here because we're here to promote themes that we grew up with, mm-hmm. and the themes that grew up with. Us. That's right. That's why decades later we can still be talking about it, exactly. and it's okay. Yes. It's okay, everybody, because we're the same. We're the same generation as Seth Green and Matt Sinrich. 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 Well, that's how he says it. I'll and he never could be wrong. Say, well, I mean, I'll never say it right. <laughs> I'm just going to always butcher that guy's name. Um, but that's no comment on my respect for his work and for what they're re- and for what they're able to do. Uh, this is something that. Um, really, at the time when they really came on the scene, uh, what I remember them mostly is from the Star Wars parody Emperor on the phone. Oh, when he's always uh, talking to a yeah. Vader. Yeah, he's like, lost he's like, what the hell is a aluminum falcon? You know, like yeah. that, <laughs> that thing. You know, like um, there was this kind of a. Uh, if you can see the world in peaks and valleys, okay, mm-hmm. there was a peak after Return of the Jedi, yeah, and there was a valley after the prequel trilogy, okay, all right, all right. That's just kind of it's a pretty pretty steep you know slope there, yeah, okay. Um, my personal feelings outside of that—that's how the general population kind of felt. So Star Wars, in a way, was not taken seriously right after the prequels had finished. It, in, it was in a way. harder to well it it was no longer this untouched right. kind it was of soil lore that had just existed on written in stone for the past twenty years. Right. Then the prequels came out. Uh not to now, me. No, some of the super hardcore of George. course among us would have read the books and known that and the I universe know, does, and... did continue and do its own thing, but not in that same shared tradition like, okay, everybody in the world who likes Star Wars, here we go, here's some new stuff. Yeah. People were pissed, basically. Not me, George, not me. Okay. Not me. However, a lot of people were disappointed and pissed off and things like that. And Star Wars just was kind of a there's a tiny little a little a little sousson of a they were a little joke, in a way. Yeah, no, it was a, still a, a pretty good selling joke. <laughs> I know. Well. And it wasn't really until this show, Robot Chicken, came out with this parody. And in an ironic way, the, the joke that they were making kind of made Star Wars serious again. It made it relevant again. Right after Robot Chicken did that Star Wars bit. Family Guy did theirs. I I think that my chronological order is correct. 
Uh, yes, I believe that is true. The way that I yes, remember yes, it. the Robot Chicken one did come out before Family Guy, yeah. which was another... Yeah, which is another popular Another strike one. in the same vein, obviously. Right, right, And it made Star Wars parody alive. It kind of brought it back to life. I mean, kind of how, uh, like, they they taught us again that it's okay to laugh at mm. Star Wars and still love it. Because, well, I remember being old enough, you know, watching the movies a lot as a child. And they were sacrosanct. They were perfect in every way. They had automatically closing doors with Han Solo jumping through them, yep. lightsabers swinging on on grappling hooks, all of that. Untouchable, great movie. That Guinness. At some point in my teens or early 20s, after it had been a few years between viewings, I went back and watched and said, oh, some of this dialogue is kind of atrocious. It is. Oh, some of these effects are... Kind of, you can see. Oh, I gotta go to the talking station for some power converters. <laughs> that was, it was pretty bad. Like yeah. <laughs> where there was an awkward period where I was like, "Wait a minute, is it okay to still say these are great movies? I still love them, but now I'm looking at them like, oh, these. This isn't the Godfather. There's some kinks in the armor, other than Empire Strikes Back. But then you get the idea that people, people can still love it, and right. have a laugh at its expense. And uh, and it softened the blow, perhaps. Is well, what you mean. I think it's it, it kind of goes back to that. Uh, can you help me with this whole saying about uh, it's the greatest form of flattery? What's the first part of that? Oh, um, uh, stalking. <laughs> yes, I believe. No, I believe it's a imitation is the greatest form of flattery. There you go. Yes. And sincerest it, form of flattery. Okay, so. There seemed to like nobody really wanted to touch Star Wars there for a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, not me, George, not me. Yeah, so I assure you, you want... Mr. Lucas, that Marky was touching Star Wars every single <laughs> every night, every night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not me. I am a defender of the prequels, and I'll, I'll I will go down with that ship, no doubt. I love that stuff, but there there was you know the the national conscious was. Uh, you know, I see. They're pissed. So, and so. and so anyway, this was a it was a it was it was a harnessing of that feeling. It was a it was a channeling of it and it got everybody to kinda speak their grief. Mm-hmm. You know, their beef. Kinda got everybody to air it out. Um and it had a lot of fun with it. That skit where it's like uh Papa Palpatine, you know, and he's like and he's talking on the phone yeah. and he's like, What the hell's a Millennium Falcon? And you know, and yeah. he's going through this whole thing and my God, it was hilarious. It tapped into into a little bit of a uh, frustration or something pent up inside of you. Yeah, huh? because I know it did for me. It was like see, I kind of always wanted to make right. those points. But exactly. I didn't know if I'd be a heretic. <laughs> I know, and it was it was doing two things at the same time. It was referencing an event from the original trilogy. This is right after the destruction of the first Death Star. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader has been floating around out there in space because yeah. he was in the ship. Remember that? Mm-hmm. But it's done through the eyes and the set piece of a prequel trilogy, Emperor Palpatine. Because he's yeah. in his office on Coruscant. All uh, of that visual, everything that you're looking at doesn't exist without the prequel trilogy. Okay, okay. See, I right? see that, how that you're going say, out of your way to defend the prequels. But I that's will, all right. That's but th- all that's right. That's what's happening. I don't, I'm not here to attack your precious In prequels. a way, they do it for me. This, in a, in a very strange way, I don't know if they meant to do this, if Seth Green, Matt Senrich, Senrich, Senreich. Senreich, I don't know if they meant to do this, but they validated... The prequel trilogy to everybody. Well, like I said, that that's part of the beauty of Robot Chicken. Right. That it validates exactly what we're out here trying to validate, that it's okay. That there is still there's still enough, you know, cultural love right. for these characters. Exactly. That it's okay to go ahead and bust out the yep. old Kenner Star Wars right. play toys and put together, in this case, a after primetime basic cable 15-minute uh, tribute. Yeah. And but it's, still, that says plenty. It's still uh, it's still okay. Everybody, you don't have to hide it. Right. You don't have to be ashamed of it. And Robot Chicken has done this for more than just Star Wars. I know we got kind of hung up on that one for a while, but they have touched on all the basics. I mean, 
He-Man, you know, He-Man, Joe, My Little Pony, superheroes, Smurfs, superheroes, DC, Marvel. Yes, everything. They like to do it all. And again, and they do it going back in to, the vein of parody, so that they can get away with it, of course. But they they go back to parody, and parody validates. It's the it's the sincerest well, form of flattery. Is, well, imitation is uh, this is. Well, but I may, maybe I'm stretching the 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 True. definition of of True, that because I think the meaning that that uh, that you have behind it is exactly right. That's the right sentiment because they make they make these jokes because they love the right. property, exactly. Not because they hate it. They don't mock me. Mm-hmm. They are celebrating it with me. Yeah. You remember on, on uh, that, that show Night Court? Yep. How Harry Anderson uh, – well, actually, I think all the characters just at that time in the late 80s would make fun, merciless fun of Barry Manilow. <laughs> yes, I Anytime do, Anytime they needed some cultural <laughs> – I do remember. You know, like, oh, it's worse than Barry Manilow or you're going to be stuck listening to Barry Manilow. Yeah. And that's the ultimate torture. There, I think deep down – they love Barry Manilow. They have a crush on Barry Manilow, and they you think so? him. I think that without Barry Manilow, that show clearly, obviously, loses a lot of its, uh, <laughs> you know, as thin as it was, its its comedic punch. Yeah, so, well, he's a look. Manilow is a popular joke. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that's like, I can't believe he's famous. Star Wars and all of its properties, its toys, mm-hmm. and its cultural phenomenon, all this other stuff. It was taken through a joyride, through this massive popularity, and then just this complete disappearance, and then the excitement of it coming back, and the collective disappointment in that comeback. Yeah, and in the case of Star Wars. In this particular case, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, there was this need for it to be validated again. And again, George, not me. Not me. And you and you give you give a lot of credit to uh, I Robot do. Chicken. Through, I know. I give it to good. Robot Chicken. Um, I think fa- um, Family Guy shortly after that really, you know, really kind of kicks it in the teeth again. Um, but no, man, this thing is it's a it's it's a validating well, process. Which which and I know you say all this just to add to the greater point that Robot Chicken is a is a great validator. Absolutely. And it you know, uh and by by extension Adult Swim, which we love, yep. is one of our go to's, just to wrap this all up in a bow again. If if you like us, if you understand our message, then you will get Adult Swim. Right. You it's know. the themes and if, that and if we that's grew up with. Still a little too eclectic because that show does or that, that uh channel yeah. has a lot of weird off the wall shows that not everybody is gonna like. Case in point, I'm always trying to get Mark to watch Adult Swim. I like a lot of the stuff yeah. on there. I always try and turn him on to it. Uh, and there's and he always humors me. The first <laughs> I, first I, week or like so, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch." He watches. Yeah, yeah that was pretty good. Thanks, Dan. But Robot Chicken, and stop me if I'm going too far by by saying this, Mark. But you like that show. I need. I no think broader. you might watch that more than I do. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think um and it is because I love those moments where it was like I thought of that when I was playing with the toys. Yeah. You know, like I I put them in that situation. I did that, you know, and but how is it that these guys are allowed to do that for a living? Uh, yep, that's pretty damn lucky. You know, and they're doing what <laughs> you know, at the same time my... though, they are doing the most difficult high pressure version of playing right. with GI Joe. Absolutely. You know, I, actually... I can't tell you how many times I lost one of my GI Joe figures because mm-hmm. it was out in the backyard, started to rain, didn't see it again until next spring. Yeah. Just yeah. finally got washed back out of the dirt cuz eh, I'm I'm a kid. I'm going to drop this. I'm going to go away. There doesn't need to be a, a finale to the show that I'm doing yeah, here yeah. in the backyard. Eh, forget it. I guess I guess Cobra won this one. I'm going inside. Well, I think what um, what Robot Chicken does exceptionally well is that they they take these toys, which are tied to these characters, which are tied to these properties and these storylines, which you could basically water down into these archetypes. Mm-hmm. And they put them in normal situations. Like I think um, there was this like DC one where a car full of DC heroes and DC villains were 
neck and neck in a traffic jam. <laughs> right, so you have oh, like, like Bizarro like on, and, on the yeah, on like, the commute on the way into work. Right, right? yeah, you know, I remember. And, and they're just you know they're just chirping at each other, you know, yep. jawing at each other, and from, from like across the the lane, you know, yeah. and you know, like stuff like that is just it's, it's a so way to further simple. explore right. these characters that were just larger than life when we were kids, and we're afraid to just shuffle them off and put them into it's, that it's, that it's uh, psychic them drawer. Truer. It's keeping true to the characters at heart. Mm-hmm. It's what would Bizarro sound like yep. in a traffic jam, mm-hmm. right? What would Wonder Woman sound like, you know, in a traffic jam? You know, cause, because in this one instance, Wonder Woman is in a car next to Bizarro in a car. You have to deal with that as a normal person, right? You, you can't be <laughs> yeah. superhero. Stuck in right there. Yeah, you guys are stuck in traffic like everybody and else. There's, there's, there is something I think basic and kind of uh, youthful about that because I remember a few times like having a conversation with my with my Star Wars, you know, uh, my, <laughs> yeah. my my Kenner Darth Vader. Yeah. Like I can't believe my mom is so mean and she won't let me leave the room. Yes, I know. She's she's a bad, bad woman. I hate her too, Dan. You know, stuff like that. Burn the house, Dan. Uh, And (laughs) that's why I had to stop playing with Destro. Oh, that guy had some twisted ideas. I had to stop playing with uh, the Baroness, if you know what I mean. Oh, hey. hey. Wow, was she good looking. Mm. That's the best looking toy ever. Ah, but the glasses. I like the glasses because See, then she I can take the glasses off. Dominatrix thing. That's what <laughs> I just hit that's, her. No, the they, can't, they can't. She can't take the glasses off. No, They're but in your off. mind, yeah, she's like. See, and again, we we love to just add personality to those toys as kids, and that's what Robot Chicken. Thank does. you, Robot Chicken, because <laughs> now you're doing it. You saved me the trouble. I can't. I can't go around setting up these sets in my house anymore. Yeah, girls aren't coming over anymore. So. So they do it for us, and that's why we love Robot Chicken. And they've got their holiday special coming up uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. As a matter of yep. fact. Sunday, December 6, 2014. When I say holiday special, what uh, what's the tagline on that one again, Marky? Uh, it's a holiday special, but don't worry. There's still Christmas, so take the stick out of your ass Fox News special. <laughs> Did I get that? I don't, I'm not reading it. I'm pretty yep. close. That, I, I believe that is exactly it, and that whole line is the tagline. So, so, so what they've done to mark this year's special is they've done uh, all the holidays. Yeah. Or, you know, just a, a nice handful for a 15-minute show. Uh, and they've made uh, – it's a special about all of them. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that is – There's a little Christmas there is, just like they say. Well, I know, but, but – They're like, you know what? If we're going to – if we can't say Christmas special, if we got to say holiday special now, we're going to make it about all the holidays. I found it funny that when the the whole beef from Fox News is that when you say holiday that you're somehow disgracing Christmas by saying, hey – Happy holidays, not Merry Christmas. Yeah, right. Right. That somehow that that is some kind of disrespectful kind of that you're somehow trying like this like this war on Christmas when when somebody says holiday, I personally immediately think Christmas. Mm-hmm. So when I heard about this robot chicken holiday special, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty. Charlie Brown, you know, yada, yeah. yada, yada, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I am thinking. Yeah. But no, Robot Chicken actually does it literally. Yep. Holiday special means all holidays. Yeah. They they manage to, uh, you know, it's it's uh, elongated wordplay on their part. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's I mean, in it's England, when you Fox say news. holiday, they um, the first thing they think of is vacation. You right, think, exactly. You summer holiday, and they have like, it all wrong because that's not a holy day, <laughs> you know. But and, okay, so anyway, fuck England. Okay, now, <laughs> but what my whole point here, and I'll I'll get to it as soon as possible, is that when Fox News bitches that when we say holiday, we don't mean Christmas. The the ironic thing is, is that as soon as you say holiday. In in my mind, and I believe most Americans, I have no numbers on this, when you say happy holiday, we take that as saying Merry Christmas. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't, you don't, you know, on Halloween, you don't say, "Hey, have a, have a happy holiday." <laughs> you don't say that at all. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, yeah. uh, I just it's just so good. Funny. So good for you, Robot Chicken, for continuing to parody everything. Yes, yeah, or I think mock. That is, it's mock. It's satire. Yeah. I guess at that point, although uh, I actually got a chance to talk to Matt uh, Matthew Senreich and uh, Emmy Award-winning director and writer for the show Zeb Wells, and uh, yeah, it turns out that's not really. They just uh, kind of ran out of regular Christmas special ideas. <laughs> well, it's always what it was. But then they had the idea, like, it's oh, hey, so since nefarious. we can't, yeah. we got to say holiday. Let's do it about all the. They did get there anyway. Uh, you know, before Christmas actually can gets here, maybe maybe let's listen to this interview that I've got. Fair enough. You want to hear it? Let's do it. All right, Magic Interview Machine, take me away. Give me some Matthew Senreich and Zeb Wells. Meanwhile. Awesome. Oh. And if we have that slight awkward pause, we apologize because I'm sure there's that, like, you know, half a second thing that always seems to happen. Oh yeah, that's you know what we we have trained our audience to expect that they wouldn't accept this if there, was, if there wasn't some of that. <laughs> no worries, no worries. All right, well you know um, let's just dive into this anyway. Uh, uh, since we can sure. since we can all hear each other, uh, we are talking with uh, Matthew Senrick and Zeb Wells. Uh, am I saying those names right, gentlemen? Um, you're close enough for me. Everybody butchers my name, so um, I go by Senreich, but I don't really care that much. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a man who's given up on his own name. I can respect that. <laughs> when your your dad and your grandfather pronounce it differently, it kind of messes with your head. <laughs> Good. That gives that gives you free reign to go ahead and make it up when uh, when you pass it on to your next generation. That's my goal. <laughs> Um, well, let's see. Now we're, we're here talking about robot chicken, um, which I know, well, well, Zeb, you, at least I know through my research, you've actually won an Emmy for your work on this show. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. And Matt, Matt has won one as well, but he might not be bragging about it online. Like <laughs> I, uh, I need more work than Matt. <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair because I know. Well, this this uh, robot chicken has been around almost ten years now. That's correct. Yeah, we uh, we hit our ten year mark next year. That's I you know, and I've been watching the show since it first came out. But when I actually did the math on this uh, yesterday, it kind of blew my mind. It made me feel old as well. But. Uh, there's, yeah, there's we go through those uh, those age problems every day. Self reflection, <laughs> you know. We we feel, yeah, we're feeling very old right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it was at the end of the last season where we all kind of looked at ourselves in the mirror and asked if we should still be making jokes about the Smurfs or the cartoons that we watched as kids, or if we've just gotten so old that we're just boring our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as, as a member of the audience, I can assure you, no. And as long as you keep making these jokes, I still feel good about it. <laughs> That's good. That's and good it's to all know. for you. <laughs> That's what we as the audience wanted to hear. Uh, well, especially here here on this show, we talk about that a lot. We're basically, uh, our our main mission is to tell everyone else in our generation, it's okay. We can still remember all the cartoons, all the toys we played with. They've kind of grown up with us. They're still out there in the in the zeitgeist, uh, and and I think you guys are the uh, walking, talking, broadcast proof of that. So thank you again. Of course, yeah. It's again we we pinch ourselves every day that we get paid to play with with toys. <laughs> and that that th- this show goes back to uh, um, you know even before it started back in two thousand five on uh, on on Adult Swim. Uh, it, it came out of the uh, Toy Fair magazine, if I'm correct. Is that right? Um, sort of, yeah. I was I used to work at Toy Fair magazine. Um, I, w- I was an editor over there, and um, yeah, I, I, that's where I got to meet Seth. Is uh, Seth was a big fan of the magazine, and um, we became friends. And he just liked our sense of humor of the stuff that we were doing in that magazine, and just came to us with the idea of putting together some sort of like sketch comedy show using action figures. How so what what was that genesis like? 
I mean, uh, it, was it a long thing? Was it a lot of cooks in the kitchen, or was it just Seth Green going, you know, I got a little pull at this uh, cable network. I bet we can do this. <laughs> no, you know, we um, it was it was very unexpected. It was not planned in any way, shape, or form. Um, we just started goofing around. He was. He was supposed to go on Conan O'Brien um, to do an interview, and he didn't really have a lot to talk about. He didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't know what to do. And um, when he came to me, he was like, "What if I had uh, Conan O'Brien had an action figure on his show that Mattel made him? Uh, Seth's action figure from either Buffy or Austin Powers had just come out, and he just wanted the two of those toys to go on an adventure together." And uh, he he came to me and asked if I would be interested in in putting something together, writing and producing something. So I I got a few other of the Toy Fair guys together, and we figured out how to make it. And in the process of shooting this, like, you know, couple minutes short, uh, it was the day in the age where the Internet was just beginning. That's how old we are. Um, And (laughs) Sony Digital started looking at creating linear content for the web well before its time, uh, to to their credit. Um, so they had a site called Screen Blast, which was YouTube before YouTube, basically, where they were getting things made and posting it. The problem with Screen Blast at the time was it was all dial-up, and no one could download it unless you had enough, a fast enough modem. And it just uh, it just lived there. I never saw it online because my computer wasn't fast enough. And uh, <laughs> but they they paid up to create basically an hour worth of content, twelve animated shorts, about four four uh, minutes each. And that that was our backdoor pilot for um, you know us bringing it to Adult Swim. That's well, well however yeah. it got through. Oh, I mean, well, I know I definitely didn't have story, a yeah. that could do that. So <laughs> it, it, no. it got and, you, and it again, got you to where you are. Yeah, exactly. And it, it also took us four years from the internet to get it to Adult Swim. I mean, we took it everywhere. We went to. I mean, this this is how long ago it was where. It, this is back in like 99, 2000 that we made these things. And, you know, we were really close to selling it to Comedy Central. And then 9-11 happened and nothing was funny. So everything stalled. Um, you know, six months there was no comedy. So it just sat there. And then after that, it just kind of fizzled. And we didn't know what to do with it. We went to Cartoon Network and to Sam Register's credit at the, at the time when he was there. He's like, look, this is, this is too old of an audience. Um, for what we're doing, and at the, he passed it along to Adult Swim, which was kind of forming at the time. And uh, at the same time, Seth MacFarlane, who had done voices for uh, our, our webisodes, um, passed it along to Mike Lazo at Adult Swim. They both did it at about the same time, saying, "Hey, you guys should take a look at this." Um, and, uh, and and it just hit it. It all hit at the right time. So about 2003, we sold it. 2004, we were up in production, and next thing you know, we're we're making this show. Yeah, and it, uh, I don't have access to these, no, or you know, maybe I just don't have the interest to look for them. But I assume <laughs> that uh, Robot Chicken is kind of a it's the real breadwinner at uh, at Adult Swim, or at least for the longest time has been. Uh, am I right about that? Um, yeah, I mean, Adult Swim, you know, what I like about them is every show is so different. I mean, we've been on the air for as long as, like, Venture Brothers and, you know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Tim and Eric are still doing things with the at the the um, with the with network, you know. Um, all these people were kind of at the exact same time. We were, we were kind of that second wave after Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and Sea Lab um, kind of came – you know, we, I guess we're the Silver Age, if you call that other stuff the Golden Age. Um, and, yeah, we've just been really lucky that uh, the fans have stuck by us. Uh, and you guys put out a pretty consistent product, you know, at least by Adult Swim standards. You you can pretty much count on seeing you every year, and I like that. But it also looks yeah, like the a- hardest show to do there. Uh, that's why it's not quite every year, because <laughs> as Matt Spahn is saying, it, it takes us... It takes us 14 months to do one year's worth of robot chicken, so that's why we've, well, we're, we're staring down the pipe of an eighth season, um, and what well, it's been about 10 years now. So we can't quite get one done a year, it, it, but that it, it, and it's because it is so much work. Yeah, that's, our animators that's, that's do always what pick up. Yeah. Same at the time. Yeah, it's a slow stop motion is a slow process, but um, but it's a fun one. 
Has has anyone come to you, uh, you know, from a technical side and said, you know what, we've got a computer program. It'll look just like stop motion. You can do it in a fraction of the time, and you just look at them like they uh, like they just lit fire to their own head. Do you, do you believe I mean, in real stop motion? Um, yeah, I believe in real stop motion. I mean, that's that's what the Lego Movie basically did. They made it have the feel of stop motion, which is beautiful. The only difference is, and what I love about stop motion is, it's 3D. I mean, you are, def- you are seeing the depth of field in every shot because you can actually pick something up. It, you can turn it around and see the front and back. Whereas in CG, it's still, no matter how three-dimensional it is, it's still within a computer program, and it, you can't actually lift and touch it. Well, that's good because we... You know, the, you are using these toys that, as kids, I still have. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just a holdover from being, you know, seven years old for far too long. But yeah, sometimes I just want to reach into the screen and say, "I had that Han Solo. I want to play with that again." <laughs> yeah, there's something. It's still exciting for me when we're doing a GI Joe sketch that I go. You know, you go to a stage and you direct the shot, and then you walk away from these toys that you used to play with as a child. And then you come back five hours later, and those toys are actually moving around and talking on the shot you're watching. And I'm, t- I'm still waiting for that to get old, but it, it has yet to get old yet. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, I wonder, you know, again, from the technical standpoint, you know, as, you, as you direct these, uh, do you, is it about uh, you know, like five or six different groups working on the same scene in different studios just so you can get it done? And you kind of go around and just keep all the crowd, or is it every frame at a time, all hands on deck? No, we actually have 18 stages that are going, and about anywhere from 13 to 15 animators going at the same time. So each episode is spread out among all these stages. So even though I'm directing a shot and then walking away for six or you know five or six hours. I, I am constantly directing a shot that's going. So by the end of the week, we have, between all of those animators, we've done about 10 minutes of footage on, you know, spread out among about five or six different episodes. So everything is constantly being done at the same time. We're, you know, doing one sketch on multiple stages. It's a big living, breathing beast that you have to wrestle every morning. It it's that's always got. I don't want to say it detracts from my uh, from my enjoyment or hurts my suspension of disbelief, but every time I see an episode of Robot Chicken, at least once, I go, "My God, that's got to be hard to do." <laughs> yeah, and I think everybody when they come to the studio, and I had this experience when I started the job, that Robot Chicken. Some of the beauty of Robot Chicken is how handmade it feels. It, it, it feels like you know, just toys moving around. But when you come to the studio and see how much work goes into it, it's a real eye-opener. It, sometimes it's better not to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, um, the I, I also, I also not, not every time, but more often than not, uh, I wonder how hard it is, because you work with so many different intellectual properties in any given episode. How hard are the legal issues? I mean, do you... Do you have to make up your own version of theme music? Do you ever have to change the the look of an action figure for legal reasons? You know, it really just simply boils down to you know it's parody laws. It's it's you know freedom of speech and just making sure we fall within the laws. I mean, we we talk to lawyers about what we write, um, but you know you just you're smart about it, and um, as long as you fall within the guidelines, it works out very well. Um, the only time licensing comes into thing is when we're doing our specials, uh, like our Star Wars special or DC Comics special. But otherwise, it's, it's like SNL doing, you know, uh, the, when Jim Belushi played the Hulk or they just did that <laughs> 80s parody um, on the air. It's no different than any sketch comedy uh, making fun of stuff. But it is uh, something that's always on our mind. It's something that we've gotten better at as the years have gone by because, when, you know, when we first started – we were unclear about how far you could push it, and now we just have a very clear sense of what parody is. We know everything that we do. We could defend it. We know that we have commentary on everything we're doing. Yeah, and uh, just very simply, you know, toy companies now send us their toys because it's free promotion for them. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, has it developed into a nice uh, relationship between the two of you? And uh sounds very, like you're getting free toys, much. so there you go. Yeah, the companies have been very good sending us stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the DC and uh, especially the Star Wars specials because you know you guys you guys are already well known as as a as an entertainment show in your own right, but then especially with the Star Wars specials coming out, people just went ape shit for this. Uh, was that you know, how long was that in the planning? Was that just kind of a a wet dream you were carrying around for a while, and then someone said, you know what, we can probably get Lucas Arts to sign off on it, or you know, what was the genesis for that? Because you guys did a great job. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's um, Star Wars came about very randomly. We we did our in our second season a um, Emperor phone call sketch that kind of hit the internet right at the right time and, and spread like wildfire. And, um, you know, it got to George Lucas who, who had seen it and he thought it was funny and showed it at a board meeting from what we heard. And, uh, you know, Lucasfilm called us up, uh, and we were scared. We had no idea what they were going to say. And they invited us to come toward their facilities just to, just to see and sit down and talk. And, uh, in that meeting, we just, we didn't know if we'd have another opportunity, but we pitched them on the idea of doing, you know, a half-hour uh, Star Wars special. And uh, within three weeks, to their credit, we were up and running. Um, they were just unbelievable, um, and uh, just such—they're just such a great partner. We we love working with those guys. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that because I think that, you know, that is uh, one of my favorites, and I think it's just such a fan favorite episode from the series. And anything that you hang the Star Wars, you know, uh, emblem on, and put a little bit of work and quality and love behind, our, you know, this this generation just goes shit for it. So so thank you again for that. Oh no, thank you. Yeah, it was a uh, it was definitely a passion project from all of us. So we're glad that uh, people liked it. Uh, you know, and in that vein, I know we've got uh, coming up this Sunday, uh, we've got the holiday special, which uh, every, you know, uh, if you if you don't get as far as reading the tagline, you might uh, you might just automatically assume, oh, it's a Christmas special by the timing. But it actually is just a holiday holiday special. Is this something you kind of have been working on in the background, all these holiday themed sketches? And you said, all right, it's time to just dump them out. Or how did that work? <laughs> Now you know it's it, we've done holiday specials for so or Christmas specials for so long that we were just like how do we how do we make something different and then everybody kept talking about how no one says Christmas specials anymore and it's always a holiday special and then if you actually interpret a holiday special why does it have to be only Christmas and Hanukkah if you're saying a holiday special it's all of them and then we just kind of spiraled into a descent of stupidity. Um, and it, yeah, we just started throwing out ideas of all specials that we start or all the holidays. And we just started, uh, mocking everything all at once. Hey, every, everything is available for mocking for you. And I think you guys do it well. Well, thank you. All right. Uh, let's see what else, what else can we expect from robot chicken? I'm hoping you guys aren't running out of steam. I don't know if you're killing uh, interns no, we are, all this uh, workload, but we are actually starting the new season uh, within the next week or two, so you'll see more. Um, I don't know what that more is yet, just because we haven't started yet. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, we're re- we're really excited. Uh, the band's back together, and um, yeah, we're we're rolling up our sleeves. Uh, so so we can look forward to that in about 14 months, huh? Exactly. <laughs> It'll start airing probably in like maybe nine to ten months, and then we're just stressing to get the others out in time or done in time before they have to air. Oh, wow. Do you, have you ever, you know, like uh, the South Park style the, the where deadline? you just run right up to the deadline? We've had a few that have been close calls, but we've always hit them. Everyone's hit them. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to look out for uh, any episodes where it looks obvious that several frames are missing. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, do you guys have any plans for other theme specials, like the Star Wars or the DC? Is there any other property that you feel deserves the robot chicken treatment? Um, we always discuss it. I'll tap dance around the question for the time being. How's that? <laughs> ah. 
Very diplomatically put. All right, that's enough to keep people yeah. interested. All right. Well, I know we're running short on time here, but uh, if I wanted to, for a moment, if I can, get really unprofessional. Let's uh, do it. But about, uh, I'm going to say six, seven years ago. I can't marry you. Uh, oh, well, you haven't heard my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seven years ago. Uh, yeah, I think it was about six, seven years back. Uh, you guys and uh, and Sony, again, I guess, you know, renewing the old partnership, you ran uh, a little promotional contest, I think, when PlayStation 3 first came out for, uh, you know, make your own little 90-second uh, robot chicken-type short. And I think you can you get yeah. a PlayStation some money and you can be on the show. Yeah, I we believe ended up uh, making it. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Well, I actually I ended up being uh, one of the finalists in that. Which and I wait, which you know, one were you? Uh, I, I me and my partner did the uh, a little Apocalypse Now in ninety seconds. Oh yeah, with some knockoff GI totally Joe. I remember that. Oh well, now yep, you just we, want to uh, smoke up my ass, but I like it. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. It was like that super speed, fast paced. Um, yeah, the apocalypse now thing. We, it was so funny. We were talking about that one for a, for a while. Uh, the big, I mean, more than you need to know about it. The big conversation that we got into was the fact that with apocalypse now being a licensed property, um, uh, it got into this complicated situation of how much we could promote, and it was down to the finalists, and um, it was it was top tier. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, I would say it was probably even second place. I, I remember it very well. Oh, you've, you've just made my year. God bless you, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seth would remember it too. I, I remember watching it for the first time in my office. <laughs> oh, well that, that, that really does fill me up. But, uh, but my big gripe was, uh, I think, uh, some, some intern or something on the phone promised me like a like a, a an adult swim robot chicken baseball cap or something and I'm still waiting <laughs> uh, an adult swim baseball cap or some it was it was yeah she said don't worry there's a goodie bag you're going to get a robot chicken baseball cap or you know superhero cap there are or, no robot chicken, there, there are no robot chicken baseball caps in existence and if you find them I would love to get one as well um, but that said, um, that's really weird. And what I'll have you do is call back our office and we'll send you some DVDs to make you happy. Whoa. Okay. This is, this is, man, they were right. You, you just complain about the storm, you'll get something. <laughs> they called it. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. I, I, and then I'll yell at Adult Swim also and try to find out who that person was. <laughs> yes. If they haven't moved on to better things yet, get them fired. <laughs> it, it's always entertaining, though, to call up like the head of adults and be like, "Hey, seven years ago, this guy won a contest <laughs> that hasn't been fulfilled. I need you personally to get on this, and we'll see how he reacts to me and if I'm fired or not." Yeah, yeah. Again, I won't hold my breath, but thanks. I, you know, I just been carrying <laughs> this around for years. It's really, it's really been hurting me up. So bless you for for listening to me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm That's dead dirty. I know. I'm, de- I'm dead serious, though. Yeah, call call back and we'll hook you up with some DVDs. That's messed up that they didn't do that. <laughs> Thanks. You know what? I think I might just take you up on that because you've been so kind. Uh, and uh, well, I just like watching your stuff anyway. So I want I want another copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time. We're uh, we're stoked to be on, and um, yeah, we look forward to to listening. And thank you, uh, Matthew Seinrich, or Senrich, or Seinrichen. <laughs> All perfect. And Zeb Wells, uh, both Emmy winners, both pros, and obviously they're helping justify all of our fascination with our childhood toys. Can't, can't thank them enough for that. Whenever you got a special, just give us a ring. We'll, we'll definitely do, do so. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And there you go. That was my chat with the uh, co-creator and producer Matthew Seinreich and head writer and director Zeb Wells of Television's Robot Chicken, both of whom are Emmy winners, real professionals. And um, I forget what most of the interview was about, but we did go over a certain cinematic masterpiece, Ah. which has been quite overlooked on the Internet these days. I've seen this. Mm -hmm, That's right. 
the Apocalypse Now in 90 Seconds? Yeah, that's that's right. I don't that's believe you right. brought that up with these guys. Oh, I could. I wasn't sure if I would, but it was eating at me. <laughs> that's a true story. That really is for everyone listening. I was promised some kind of gift bag from uh, Adult Swim <laughs> that never arrived, despite all my hard work, which was, uh, I don't know, uh, Marky, if you can put a link up. To the it's uh, probably YouTube probably up video. already. I've, uh, oh, well. Yeah, go to MattyPRadio.com. Look for the Apocalypse Now link. Hell, click everything. It, it'll click be everything. there somewhere. Just I'll put it on there. with your mouse once you get to the <laughs> yeah. site because there's nothing bad on there. It's. Um, I, do, I, I remember you putting a lot of work in this. I That's remember right. you getting it all together. I remember you collecting the, the toys and the pieces and all that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to ask you. I don't know why it took me until this particular venue to ask, but was this inspired by the robot chicken contest at the time, or did you always have this idea to use the toys to do your own Apocalypse Now parody? Oh, well, now I, I wish it that I had, but no, this was uh, just for the contest. Okay, you so I think, yeah, right. I, I, as I recall at the time, I had just bought. Uh, a new computer. But, yeah, this was uh, – they had this contest right after the PlayStation 3 came out. Okay. Uh, and I believe it was is submit a 90-second video uh, that you think Robot Chicken would like or something. I, I don't recall all the specifications, uh-huh, but uh-huh. if they like it enough, then, like, they're going to put you in an episode of Robot Chicken. You win a PlayStation 3 – and I don't know, maybe like 500 bucks and PlayStation Network dollars or some some shit like that. This is sounding kind of sad. But I, I just I, – I had this video camera and I just got this computer and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this. I never enter these contests or do anything like this. So I have no ambition. Yeah. One one drunken night trying to think of what what 90-second video I could do. I was like, oh, I love Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse Now was on TV. I said, oh, I love that movie. I know, I know. And I called my buddy over. I was like, let's make this uh-huh. with G.I. Joe's. Uh-huh. And uh, sure enough, we actually stuck to it. And basically, making this video was just playing G.I. Joe's, but on a strict schedule with a script. Yes. Because uh, I remember I, I dug out like a little three-foot-long mini uh, river. Mm-hmm. In the backyard, out in the backyard, covered it with a bunch of real and, and fake. And uh, how much was your budget? Flora, uh, I I remember breaking it down once, and we spent about sixty dollars. How much was the original budget? The original budget. I, I mean, um, the reports that I read was that you went way over budget. Well, I did. Well, I, I initially said, "Oh, I bet we can do this for twenty bucks." <laughs> you would just sure 60. enough went up to sixty <laughs> because I had to have just the right Colonel Kirk. That's right. You know, I had to step out a little bit and get some stuff. And these weren't and actually these weren't like GI Joes. These were like the we went out of our way to go find the generic right substandard right you know, like stuff. from like from Big Lots something yeah yeah it was exact like a pack of twenty stuff or yeah. stuff in uh, yeah in the the toy store section of a convenience right. store right I was like if I'm sure – let's pick a company that we've never heard of and probably doesn't have lawyers just in case. <laughs> so we got a bunch of uh, cheap toys, yeah. action figures. G.I. Mo. Uh, <laughs> G.I. Mo's. <laughs> and that, and uh, yet we basically spent – it spent it took us like a month of uh, planning and uh-huh. filming and constructing sets and uh, playing with toys. And back then, you had to convert the the video file into a digital file, right? I mean, it wasn't straight to it wasn't. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was on reel to reel. On microfiche. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the story of the video, which I remember. Uh, that's the video, and we put it together. I obsessively, drunkenly, late night edited it uh-huh. right up until I think the due date was like January first, and it went out. About 11 o'clock on December 31st, I finally was happy with a submission, sent it in, totally forgot about it for a number of months, and then got a phone call out of the blue from, like, TNT, you know, Turner Network. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, guess what? You're a finalist. Uh, You have a meeting over the phone with a lawyer. This will change your life. You're – 
Are you ready for Tinseltown, kid? <laughs> Get on a plane, son. <laughs> but yeah, and and I got so stoked because I had kind of forgotten boy. about it, and uh, and then I kept waiting and waiting. Weeks turned into months, waiting to hear about who had won, waiting to hear anything. Uh, I think I sent a bunch of emails back to my contact, finally heard back. She said, no, you didn't win, but I promise we're about to send you a little gift bag, be some, I don't know, some swag, some DVDs. I was like, oh, all right. I just, yeah, whatever. They're jerking just My blood, off. sweat, and tears, whatever, lady. Never came. Oh, Never came. Brutal. I kept watching Robot Chicken because in my heart of hearts, I knew Seth Green and Matthew Senreich. Saw this. They saw it. it, and they loved it. Yeah. But there was some legal issue. There was politics. <laughs> uh, so I finally got a little personal validation for that, as well as the fact that, just in general, I don't mind playing with toys at this age. Yeah. Well, and, and for those of you that can that are listening to this show in front of your computers right now, check out com. We're going to put a link up on there. Mm-hmm. You you got to see this, uh, Grim. When I when I saw it, I was actually well. Let's just put the fact that I was incredibly entertained to the side. Okay, um, I was so impressed with how, in a way, like, and I I don't know if you did this intentionally, but shot for shot, like you basically matched that. You know the angle. Oh yeah, scene. buddy! Everything was intentional. Like, everything was intentional in that, and like, and I'm a big fan of Apocalypse Now. I watched Apocalypse Now probably, and I'm not exaggerating, at least a dozen times. And that's not easy altogether. Five-hour movies. As yeah. I was making this, I watched that so many times. I bought the DVD. Yeah. Like I, okay, I guess if we're going to add to the budget cost, there was there was <laughs> thirty dollars like the, the, <laughs> the DVD cost. All right, so the budget just just went up. That's how it is. Almost to a hundred dollars. Well, and um, when is the Into the Darkness version coming out of the ninety second Apocalypse Now? Oh, Heart of Darkness. Uh, Heart of Darkness is that coming out soon? Uh, I mean, we've been that. Yeah, the original cut was almost three minutes long. Believe it or not, <laughs> but uh, the studio wouldn't have it. I'm still fighting to, uh, to to get that one out there on DVD for the people. There's a lot of people right now that have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. I think we've wandered too far away from the path. But I was so stoked. I think you can probably hear it in my voice. Very unprofessional of me, I admit it. Yeah, but, you know. When you interview, you know, incredibly talented talent like that. As a producer of this show, we're not paying you much anyway. That's so, true. You know, that's true. That's I got to. I got to get my validation where I can. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it wherever, wherever it comes free and cheap. I think yep. you should pick it up. That's fine. Uh, I yeah, I could hear that in your voice in that in that in that part. I'm surprised you went there. I'm glad you went there because he validated it. If he had not said, "Oh, I remember you." And oh, don't worry. I think Magic Interview Machine would have just cut that segment out. <laughs> yeah, we had not heard that at gone all. south. But uh, yeah, that uh, that was so awesome. I think uh, just for me personally, and I don't really give a rat's ass if the people like it or not. Oh, it's good because though. the right people. I, it went up on YouTube. I think in two thousand seven. Uh huh. Uh, when it, when I finally got confirmation that it wasn't uh, going to win, uh-huh. and I couldn't retain rights to it, I guess. <laughs> I said, yeah. All right, well, this is going on on this new thing, this newfangled thing called the YouTube. Uh-huh. Well, here we are. What at least seven years later, it's got a little under ten thousand views. So that's nothing. Your work, that's nothing. Ten thousand. You have touched ten thousand souls, sir. No. Ten thousand souls. No, I, I, first of all, I have no idea how many of those are just me. Drunk, showing it to people on my laptop. It's not ten thousand. Mm, Let's say I at the most a thousand. That's still nine thousand people. Look, look for for any of you out there right now that are listening to my voice. If you have not seen Apocalypse Now, this movie is a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. It is cinema to its max. It's extreme. It's exorbitant. It'll break your nose. This shit. It'll kick down your door. It's serious movie. It's three and a half hours long, and it's big budget, over budget, famously over budget. Mm. Francis Ford Coppola. He was done with The Godfather. He wanted something better. Yeah. And he does. He does this. Yeah. And it's awesome. 
Yeah, he went total Kurtz on it himself. But oh, but now out. you don't have to watch it. Yeah, because in ninety I'm seconds you, three hours. you can watch you Apocalypse get, Now. Now in you get the seconds. idea. You'll get the idea. I promise you. <laughs> Apocalypse Now is on our <laughs> it's on our website. I'm so glad that you're getting some well overdue run on mm. this cinemas, mm. cinematic masterpiece. Am I saying that right? That's true. What you are saying. Okay. Uh, I mean, you could throw in the word epic or uh, <laughs> El Grande, if you want. <laughs> yeah, a little ethnic Poppy. about it to, to appeal to a wider audience. You but Poppy? yeah, you get the idea. You get the idea. Yeah, no, this thing was... Uh, but that was that was basically... Uh, we have spent the last 45 minutes or so kind of doing our own tribute to Robot Chicken here. You and I, Marky, on Saturday Morning Serial. But back when that was still a, a newer, fledgling show, that was my tribute to it. Yeah, yeah. I was full of love for the idea, and it inspired me to go out and one last time, you know, like in my in my 20s, buy some G.I. Joes, dig up a yeah. little, go out to the backyard with a shovel, dig up a little river, yeah. spend 15, 20 bucks that I shouldn't have on fake plants, G.I. Joe's and a little little boat and a and a toy helicopter yeah. and bam, I had such a good t- it was such a blast, just basically playing G.I. Joe, right. which is what these sons of bitches down at Robot Chicken daily, do yeah. all the time. Probably to the point where their fingers bleed and they're sick of it, but they keep doing it because we are culturally significant still. Still, we are culturally. Significant. Right. And all of you serialites listening, you have every right to repeat that with me. I'm going to say it one more time. We are culturally <laughs> significant. We stand together. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And, you know, when we're – I am – I'm still very, very much a collector. Uh, toys, you know, sculptures. And these are all <laughs> pop culture. I'm not – Beautiful I'm, women. <laughs> <laughs> Small I still collect a lot of toys and crap, okay? I really do. And when I'm – if I decide to open a package or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't play with toys like I did when I was a kid when you're like – you're setting them up and you're like pew, 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 pew. You know, like you just you – yeah. you're not doing that anymore. You know, no matter how much I I want to, a part of me still wants to kind of participate in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm looking for the moment where, you know, maybe I have kids someday and they're old enough, and I'm going to do that with them. I won't probably. Mm-hmm. It's, just, just, <laughs> they, it's hard to they, do. get their filthy hands all over your toys. <laughs> they're not going to touch my fucking <laughs> Boba Fett, you son of a bitch. But still, like I'm there, and I. You know, when I open them up and I'm kind of looking at them or admiring them, or adoring them, whatever you want to say. <laughs> you when said I'm adoring. putting them in bed. You said me, adoring. <laughs> when I'm taking them in the tub. <laughs> I'm not playing with them in the same way that I did when I was a kid where I'm making those sound effects and I'm doing all that staging and I'm doing all that stuff. There's no imaginary environment anymore with these toys. That I collect and that I love so much. That's it's gone. Heartbreaking. It is the only thing that I get to participate in in any kind of really meaningful, actionable way mm-hmm. is in a show like Robot Chicken. Yeah, they're doing it for me. You know, they're it's all these. Uh, they make reference to everything right. that was happening. There. They make these themes that we grew up with grow up with us. Mm-hmm. Now it's Superman in a traffic jam. You know, like that's yeah. Oh, because when we were when we were six, we didn't know what a traffic jam. No, was. it was all end of and the world stuff. And they didn't have stuff. to put right. Superman in that situation. Right. No, they didn't but have to. Now we've got so much more to explore. Right. With these same, with these same, I'll say it again, archetypes. With these yeah. same uh, uh, icons, beloved icons that yeah. we grew up with, yeah. and that's. Once again, that's what Saturday Morning Serial is about. Yeah. That's what we're here to Absolutely. remind you of. I want I want you to tell me that it's okay because I'm here to tell you that it's okay. So if you want to grab your toys, come out to the backyard. My mom's not home right now. <laughs> yeah. we can, we'll get away with digging some trenches and uh, adult swim in general and robot chicken specifically remind us of that. 
right. and they do so to the kind of demographic numbers that you you know. I, I I think they I think the twenty they, million burnout losers like us can't be wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> they do it better than anything than anybody. Yep. They personify kind of why we even do this show. Yeah, they get what seems to us like such a simple idea, right? Which uh, would be kind of an unfathomable idea to generations before. So we are in uncharted waters, right. and but we're going to be okay, and everything we're doing is fine, and uh, we're all going to be tuning in tomorrow night, Sunday, December 6th, one more time. I'll be listening or watching. That's right, for the uh, Robot Chicken holiday special. Well, it's holidays. Don't worry. Christmas in There's there, Christmas too. In Don't there. worry. Fox News, pull the stick, so out, pull of the your stick ass. out of your ass. Fox News special. special. Right. And... Uh, uh, and you can find that on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Check your local listings. Uh, you can also find it later on demand. You can find the Apocalypse Now in 90 seconds on YouTube with any kind of any kind of keywords that you really kind of feel like. Otherwise, there's a link uh, that you can find over at MattyPRadio.com. And uh, well, I think I think that about says it all. I got nothing else to say. My the, this cereal is really soggy. <laughs> it is. It is. We we have let the cereal sit too long. This Saturday is dragging on and on, and we've all got to go outside and do our lawn chores. <laughs> lawn chores. <laughs> we live in a desert, fool. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.